I'm going to be talking about suffering, or how I put it in your notes, uh, you know, why do I keep getting stepped on, and you'll find out why I call it that, but, um, and I've, I've read a lot of books, uh, I love to read, and there's a lot of really wonderful books out there on suffering. Uh, this is a brand new one by Paul uh, Tripp, it's brand new. And uh, I, I would recommend this book highly to you. If uh, you're going through a really difficult time right now, a time of suffering, this would be a book you'd wanna, you'd wanna read. Maybe you know somebody, another Christian brother or sister that's going through a time of suffering. This would be a great book. If you're not going through a time of suffering, praise God, you gotta buy the book because next, week, uh, <laughs> next week's a new week, right? And who knows, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll need it then. Um, we're already basically sold out of the book in the nook. We'll have more here uh, next weekend. But as Lonnie said, Pastor Lonnie said, you can go to Amazon and you can purchase this book. And as long as you go through the Prime account, they, they give us, uh, uh, they send back a little, little piece of it to, to us. But it's called Suffering by Paul David Tripp. And wow, I read it this past week. And this was really, really well written. And he's a good, good, godly uh, man, as I said, for those of you that are, are visiting, we're in a series where we're going through the Gospel of John together, and so far we've uh, looked at the the first eight chapters. Chapter one, Jesus is God. Chapter two, Jesus turns water into wine. Uh, Jesus talks with Nicodemus. Chapter four, Jesus talks with a woman at a well. Jesus heals a man at a pool. Jesus feeds 5,000 people. Jesus promises living water. Jesus talks with an adulterous woman. And today we're going to look at chapter 9, Jesus heals a, a, a blind man. And I challenged you to, to memorize those little, those little headings that I, I gave. You can see who the main character is, obviously. It's Jesus in each of those chapters. And obviously there's more in those chapters in that little heading that I've given you, and it's also in your notes again uh, this week. But I challenge you to memorize that so you'll have a great kind of overview of the book of John. And it was kind of fun this past week. I was in Barnes and Noble and this uh, young couple came running up, Pastor Rick, Pastor Rick, we want you to know we took up the challenge. And right there in Barnes and Noble, this young couple rattled off all those headings. And I thought, man, you know, that, that's a good thing. That, that was a good thing. It was an encouraging thing. But I also hadn't thought about it, but I, I get in my car and I went, you know what? They keep doing that kind of stuff together as a young couple. That's a marriage that's gonna last. Amen. Just that they were together going through uh, the things that I could see them at home over dinner, memorizing those things and all of that. Today, as I said, we're gonna look at John chapter nine. We're gonna read quite a bit of scripture. So look at verse uh, one, if you don't have a Bible, it'll come up on the jumbotrons. And if you need a Bible, you don't own a Bible, we'll give you one. As soon as we're done, just go into the altar room and we'll give you uh, a Bible, one that you can take home and read and mark up and do anything you, you want to do uh, to it, okay? So verse one, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sin? 
In Jesus' day, it was taught and believed that most, if not all, sickness or suffering was a result of sin. Either you had done something, you know, evil, and that's why you were suffering, or your parents had done something that was evil or wicked and sinful, and, and that's why you were suffering. I want you to know a lot of churches still teach that uh, today. Uh, if you're ill or you're suffering, then there must be some hidden sin in your life. And all you need to do is confess your sin. And if you confess your sin, then the sickness or the illness or the suffering will, will go away. And if the illness doesn't go away, if the suffering doesn't go away, then there must be some other hidden sin in your life. And so you just have to keep trying to figure out what that sin is and finally confess it to the Lord and you'll get better. As uh, we'll see later, suffering can be a result of some sin in your life. It can be, but not always. Look at verse three. Jesus said it was not because of his sin or his parents' sin. This happened. The reason why he was born blind, this happened to show the power of God, uh, happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Whoa. Whoa. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. That's where I'm going to spend most of my time. Look at verse 6. Then Jesus spit on the ground. He made mud with the saliva and he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Shiloh, which means scent. So the man went and he washed and he came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Isn't that Jimmy? Isn't that the guy I see every time I walk into Starbucks? I mean, isn't that the guy? I mean, he's, he doesn't have a lot of clothes. That's the guy, right? Some said he was, and others said, no, nah, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. They asked, well, well who healed you? What happened? He told them. The man they called Jesus, he, he made some mud and he spread it over my eyes and he told me, go to the pool of Siloam and, and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Verse 12, where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Oh, this, this is gonna turn bad. This is, the, this is the one group who just can ruin any day. Got people like that in your life? <laughs> because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. They weren't happy. Woo! Unbelievable! You've been blind for all of these years and decades. There was no ADA back then. They didn't have sidewalks that were all nice that you could walk up and, you know, lights that beep, 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 beep. Man, to be blind back in that time was like horrible. 
These guys aren't happy and excited. The Pharisees asked the man, verse 15, all about it. So he told them, well, he put mud over my eyes, and when it washed away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees says, this man Jesus is not from God, for he's working on the Sabbath. <laughs> Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs. So there was deep division of opinion among them. Verse 17. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? And the man replied, man, I, I think this guy's gotta be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, well, we know this is our son. We know that. And that he was born blind. But we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He, he, he's old enough to speak for himself. See, they're afraid of the Pharisees. Look at uh, verse 24. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Verse 25, look, look, guys. I don't know whether he's a, a sinner or not, the man replied. But I do know this. I was blind and now I can see. This guy had one message. He was a preacher. He had one message. This was it. We've heard it like 12 times. I was blind, and now I can see. He just keeps saying that all he knows. Listen to me. All he shared was what he knew. He didn't share what he didn't know. He simply was sharing what he knew. This is a, a great little moment for all of us who name the name of Christ. All God expects of you is that you would share what you do know. Don't worry about what you don't know. There's a lot of things you don't know, a lot of things I don't know, and I don't, I don't share them. There's a lot of things that when I start to study, I go, oh, I didn't know that. And then I study, oh, now I do know it. Just share what you do know. That's all this guy's doing. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Verse 27. Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why? Why do you want to hear it again? I know why. Do you want to become one of his disciples too? Oh, this guy, this is one of my heroes. He's asking the Pharisees, hey, you guys want to become one of his disciples too, right? Oh, man. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Listen to what this guy says. Okay. Why? That's really strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes. 
and then you don't even know where it comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone who's been born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. Wow. This blind guy knows more than a lot of believers that I, I know, man. You are born a total sinner. <laughs> they answered, are you trying to teach us? Hey, look at the robe I got on, pal. Look at the tassels I got hanging on me. Look at all the cool stones I've got all over my outfit. Look at my cool hat. Look at these fancy scrolls I carry around. And look at you. You're trying to teach me? This is, this is really great. This is just really, really good, good stuff. And so verse, the end of verse 34 says, and they threw him out of the synagogue. <laughs> hey, welcome to church. You know, <laughs> boom, he's gone. You're out, get out. What is that stuff going on? I'll tell you what, that, 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 that was just super intense, wasn't it? I'm gonna stop there, by the way. And by the way, that's kind of funny. It's really this funny little story of these really well-educated, well-dressed, proper men that are now having this little moment with this guy that probably stinks and his clothes are all goofed up. And man, he, he didn't know anything, man. He's as happy as can be. He's been blind his whole life. And now he's looking around and he's seeing the beauty of colors and he's looking at all the stuff and he's finally looking at these Pharisees that walk by him every day and never helped him out one bit. He's, a, he's seeing it all, seeing it all. I want you to know there's a lot of things I could talk about. One of the things that I track I ran down was the fact that it's, I'll tell you what's weird about the story. Everybody in the story is blind, but the blind guy. He's the only guy that can see, really, when you think about it. I thought about going down the track of how these religious people just, all they could do was see people sin. You're a sinner, you're a sinner. Oh, you, you're a sinner. Hey, you were born in sin. Oh, you dirty, rotten sinner, you. Thought about going down that path. Thought about going down the path that, man, this blind guy was a great witness for, for Jesus. Unbelievable witness for Jesus. But um, today I'm gonna zero in on one thing. Okay, look at verse one again. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? You know, that's a pretty good question. Was it because of his own sin or was it because of his parents' sin? It was not because of his sin or his parents' sin, Jesus answered, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. 
And here's the question that I want to deal with today, uh, 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 okay? Why do people suffer? Why do, why do people get sick? Why, why is there a man born blind in the scriptures? Why are people born blind today? Why are people born with birth defects? Why, why is there, there, there suffering like that? Why, why do people get sick? As I said earlier, in biblical days, it was taught that if you suffered or you were sick or whatever, it had to be because of sin, okay? Your sin or your parents' sin. But what exactly does the, the Bible say? Well, let me begin by, by sharing this, okay? Suffering is one of the things that we all have in common. Romans chapter two, uh, the Holy Spirit fills our brother Paul, and uh, God wanted us to know that he doesn't show favoritism, okay? So uh, you, you read that in some other places, and that's a good thing to know, that God doesn't play favorites with, with people. That God doesn't pick some people and say, well, you know, man, Lonnie, I really like you, so I won't allow anything, you know, to happen to you that would cause you to suffer or cause you to get sick. God doesn't have favorites like that. God doesn't do the, oh man, you know, I really like you. You're one of my favorites. And so I'll somehow put a bubble around your life and you won't have to experience suffering. God doesn't, doesn't do that kind of stuff. He doesn't show favoritism, which means everybody suffers. No, nobody gets a pass on it, okay? Rich people suffer, poor people suffer, white people suffer, black people suffer, young people suffer, old people suffer, non-Christians suffer, and so do Christian people. Just because you know the Lord, just because you've been baptized, just because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, doesn't mean that you're going to somehow be exempt from suffering. Jesus himself said this in John chapter 16. He said, in this world, this side of heaven, you will have troubles. It is the weirdest, strangest promise that God made, in my opinion. That's a promise. Now, if you have one of those yearly calendars where you rip off a page, uh, my sister Vicky buys me one every year for Christmas. I already know what my Christmas gift is from my sister Vicky. She buys me a little calendar and you rip a page off. And uh, last year's was there were 365 promises from God. And I rip one off every day and there's a promise from God and there's a promise from God. And they're always very encouraging. I haven't got to that promise yet. Hey, here's a promise. In this world, you will have troubles. And by the way, I cheated and I, I went ahead. It ain't in any of them. It, I don't, and the rest of the two months I got left, it ain't there. But it's a promise nonetheless. Jesus says, hey, in this world, not, not the next one, not when we get to glory, but down here, you will suffer. You're gonna experience difficult times. I heard this story about a teacher who was using an ant as an illustration of life, and she said, boys and girls, you know, here with this ant is a wonderful example in the, you know, of 
in the life of this ant. Every day the ant goes to work. Every day the ant works hard. Every day he works with other ants. And every day the ant just works all day long. Every day the ant is busy. And at the end of the day, do you know what happens? And little Johnny said, yeah, he gets stepped on. <laughs> so <laughs> I read that and I went, that's true. Ants are busy, working, they're doing all kinds of stuff. Do, 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 do. Never any sick days off. They're always working, always working hard. Whew, day's over with and boom, done. In this life, you're going to get stepped on just like the ant. Because everybody does. Everybody gets stepped on. Nobody's exempt from suffering. Not that this fact helps make the pain go away. But it is good to know that everybody is getting stepped on to some degree or another. Everybody is experiencing pain. Everybody's suffering. So you can't, you know, hold yourself up in your bedroom or your living room and go, woe is me, you know. I'm the only one who's experiencing pain and sorrow. I'm the only one. No, you're not. No, you're not. In your neighborhood, you could pick any house, walk inside, and you're gonna find somebody probably who's suffering to one degree or uh, uh, another. Here's the deal. In this life, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna suffer. In fact, when you read through the scriptures, nobody was exempt from being stepped on. You pick anybody in the scriptures, pick anybody, and they suffered. Adam and Eve suffered, didn't they? Think about their first two children. One of them murders the other one. There was probably a lot of suffering in that very first family. Joseph suffered, Daniel suffered, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego suffered, Moses suffered, Samson suffered, King David suffered. In fact, listen to what King David said in Psalms chapter six. He says, be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. Oh, Lord, heal me, for my bones are, are in agony. My, my soul is in anguish. How long, O oh Lord, how long? Turn, O oh Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you when he's dead. Who praises you from the grave? I'm worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and, and, and drench my couch with my tears. My, my eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. I don't know what was going on, but this is a guy who's suffering. This is King David. Job suffered. Read the first few chapters of the book of Job. John the Baptist suffered. Stephen suffered. Peter, James, and John suffered. Paul suffered. Even Jesus, God's son, suffered. Augustine said, God had one son on earth without sin but never one without suffering. And I thought that was really good. Now there's all kinds of reasons why those people that I rattle off in the Bible suffered. Not all of them suffered because of the same reason, but they all suffered. Other thing you find when you read through the scriptures is that the Bible doesn't try to explain away all the painful things we go through. 
In other words, the Bible doesn't give us all the reasons why we get stepped on or why we suffer, but it does give us a few, and I want to run through them with you pretty quick. Okay, I want to tell you why, according to the scriptures, why we, we suffer. Okay, number one, you suffer, you, you go through difficult times, you get stepped on, whatever, because of Adam's sin in the garden. Okay? So in Genesis chapter three, when Adam blows it, when Adam disobeys God, sin now enters into the equation of life. And in a general sense, the reason why we suffer is because of that moment that you can read about in your Bible. Now we have weeds and thistles and pollution and chaos and famine and cancers and diseases and rape and drug addictions and corruptions of all kind, tornadoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and any other cruddy thing you can think of. All this to say, in a general sense, one of the reasons why we suffer is because of what happened in Genesis chapter three, sin. It's also the cause of birth defects, like the man in John chapter nine that we're looking at. It all can be traced back to one moment in history when Adam made the decision to sin against God. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 16, in this world you will have trouble. The reason why he makes that statement is because he's very much aware of what happened in Genesis chapter three. There's a reason why he's on planet earth at this time. It's because of Genesis chapter three. There's a reason why he's gonna go to the cross. It's because of Genesis chapter three. There's a reason why he's gonna be put into a tomb and walk out of it. And that's because of Genesis chapter three. Number two, you suffer, you get stepped on because of the bad choices that you and others make. Galatians chapter six says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man, a woman, a person is gonna reap what they sow. And that makes sense, doesn't it? You reap what you sow. If I go out and I plant, I put corn seeds in the ground, I'm gonna get corn growing. If I put strawberries in the ground, I get strawberries. You are going to reap what you sow. And let me give you an example of that. I've shared this with you before, but let's say you go out and you make the choice to buy a, a house that's a little bit more expensive than you can really afford. Then you make the choice to take uh, what little equity you have in your house out to buy a car that's a little bit more than maybe you can afford. Then you make the choice to go on a vacation that's a little more expensive than you can afford. And then you make the choice, I don't know, maybe to buy a boat or something that's a little more than you can afford. And then you make the choice to join some health club or whatever that's a little more than you can afford. And then you and your spouse wake up one day and you realize that you're going bankrupt and you've got all these bills and, and bill collectors nipping at your heels, which then causes there to be a whole bunch of tension in your home. And who's caught in the middle of it? Who are the innocent bystanders? Your children, right? They hear all the bickering and all the fighting. How, why are you suffering? Why are you getting stepped on? simply because you're reaping what you sowed. You made choices that now are impacting you, your family. 
Another one is a guy goes out and drinks a bunch of beer and he's driving down the road and I don't know, he gets pulled over and gets a DUI and he's gonna suffer. I don't know, they say it's 10, 12, 15 grand just to fight one of those things. He's now gonna suffer. He's gonna lose his license and all kinds of things. He's suffering because of a decision he made. Sometimes that drunk guy gets in a car, drives down the road and he hits an innocent bystander, all right? A, a car full of innocent bystanders and now those people die. They're now suffering because of a decision somebody else made, you see? And so the Bible tells us that not only do we suffer because of what happened in Genesis chapter 3, just in the general sense, sin, but we suffer at times because of the decisions that uh, we make and others make. I've told you the story before about, you know, me and my cupboard and I open my cupboard up. It's where all the fun food is. We all have a cupboard like that where all the good stuff is, you know, the cookies and, you know, whatever, and the chips. And I open it up and a bag of chips fell. And I reached down to get the chips. And in the time it took me to go down to get the chips and up, what, about, I don't know, half a second, I forgot I left the door open. And so I go grab the chips and bam, ah, I'm suffering, ah. You see, we all want a God that shuts the door, right? God, why didn't you do a miracle? <laughs> I love you, God. Why didn't you shut the door? Why didn't you let me suffer? And God says, hey, look, you reap what you sow. You're a dumb guy. You left the door open. <laughs> That's on you, man. Don't put, don't, don't put that on me. See? Uh, number three, you suffer, you get stepped on because of Satan and the demons. First Peter chapter five says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Beloved, I don't know why, but the Lord allows the devil and his demons to cause all kinds of problems in your life. As I said, read the first few chapters of Job. He can cause disease, he can cause death, he can cause distress, he causes all kinds of, of suffering. Number four, you suffer, you go through difficult times simply because of your faith. Simply because you, you, you stand up in a baptismal tank and say, man, I'm gonna be a follower of the Lord. I want everyone to know I'm gonna be a follower of, of Christ. P, uh, 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 Peter says this in chapter four of 1 Peter. Hey, dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Hey, sometimes we suffer, we get stepped on, we go through difficult times because we're followers of the Lord. Now, in America, at least for now, the suffering may not be all that bad, but right now, as I'm up here in freedom preaching and you're out there sitting in a nice comfy chair with you know, a heater going, we got it pretty good. But there are some places on the planet right now where they can't do this. There are people who are in prison right now for simply being a believer. There are Christians who are being killed potentially, literally, right now, simply because they are a follower of Christ. So sometimes we suffer because of our faith. Philippians chapter one says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but to also suffer for him. 
I loved what Pastor Lonnie said. Hey, listen, it's one thing not to go into the black hole with a Niners outfit on. In fact, I might even say that was a wise decision. <laughs> but you know what? Not when it comes to your walk with Jesus. And there are gonna be these moments when guess what, man, you're in the office, you're sitting around the cubicle, you're at the water cooler, you're out playing golf with your foursome, you're someplace. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how the Lord does it, but all of a sudden someone's trashing Jesus, someone's trashing the church, someone says, you're not a Christian, are you? And you know that they hate Christians, you know all kinds of stuff. Uh-oh, what do you do? Keep quiet, you're golden. If you speak up, you're gonna suffer. Uh, Number five, you suffer, you go through difficult times because God is disciplining you. Oh, what? Huh? That can't be. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, a man ought to examine himself, a woman ought to examine himself before he eats the the bread and drinks the cup. He's talking about communion, before you have communion. We usually do it once a month here at Big Valley Grace. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now listen to this. I didn't write this. Holy Spirit is... Speaking through our brother Paul. That is why many among you are weak and sick. And a number of you have fallen to sleep. And that doesn't mean that they're napping. They died. Beloved God allows some people to get sick as a way of disciplining them when they get out of his will. This is a weighty passage right here. Paul tells the people that the reason why they were getting sick was because they were abusing the Lord's Supper. In fact, sometimes a Christian may sin so seriously that God judges that sin with swift physical death. And you can read about a couple named Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, you know, they came forward in the church and brought an offering to the Lord. And they lied about it. And they said, hey, this is, we sold, you know, we sold the piece of land, and here's everything. And it wasn't everything. God didn't want it. They didn't have to bring it all. They could have, they could have said, hey, we brought you fit, half of it. Okay. But they came and they said, we sold the land, and we're giving it all to you. They're lying. And bam! Right there in church. Dead. God wants his church to be Holy. He's very interested in his bride being holy. He didn't want shenanigans going on in his church. And sometimes the reason why we suffer is because it's one of the ways that God disciplines us. Now, if you know somebody who's sick, you don't run up to him like the Pharisees didn't say, hey, you must have some sin in your life, right? God's disciplining you. They don't do that because you you don't know. You don't know anything. Not your place to make a comment like that. Could be just because of sin in a general sense. It could be they're suffering because of somebody else. I I know a lot of uh, teachers, right? 
You go to class and you're teaching ABC and little Johnny's sick. And the next thing you know, you're suffering with a cold or a flu because somebody sent their kid to school sick. They made a decision to send their kid to school sick. They're suffering because nothing they did, you see? So we suffer at times because of sin, the choices you and others make, Satan, the demons, being a follower of Christ, God's discipline. But there's one more, and this is gonna be a hard one for some of you to understand, and this gets us back to our story, okay? You suffer, you go through difficult times so that God can show off his glory through you. Hey, Jesus, why has this guy been born blind? Was it sin? Was it his sin? Was it his parents' sin? And Jesus says, no. Let me tell you why. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Hmm. Sometimes God allows people to get sick because he's gonna heal them so that the world gets to see how great and awesome he is which is really the point of our story. Huh. That's hard, huh? So, so that guy suffered all those years being blind simply because God was going to heal him to show off his glory. That's what Jesus said. Well, that just... That just seems kind of brutal, doesn't it? Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. We know he's good. We know he's loving. We know he's merciful. We know he's a compact. We know all those things. Let me tell you something. Probably about a month after you all die or I die, no one's ever talking about you again. It's 2,000 years later and we're still talking about this guy, aren't we? <laughs> Still talking about him. Pretty neat. Yeah, he went through a few years where it was probably pretty brutal. Hmm. Look at verse six of our text, and I'm gonna wrap it up. It says, then Jesus spit on the ground. He made mud with the saliva. He spread the mud over the blind man's eyes and he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and he washed and he came back seen. I want you to know, that is a great sentence. So the man went and he washed and he came back seen. The man went and he washed and he came back seen. That is just a beautiful, beautiful sentence. Now, let me tell you what I think the key moment in the whole story was. The key moment was when Jesus told him to go wash his eyes out, and he did it. The man obeyed. This guy's been to that pool a hundred times, maybe a thousand times. He's probably cannonballed into that thing. He's probably done anything he could. He knew that that pool was kind of known as a special place. He's been there, I can't even tell you how many times. And some guy shows up, he doesn't even know. He doesn't know who Jesus is. 
And the guy spits and starts making mud and putting it on his face. Jesus could have just healed him, but he doesn't. Puts all the stuff on his face and then he says, okay, here's what you're gonna do. Imagine if it happened here. And he put, imagine it's you. You've been blind since you were born. You've been down to the double tree pool a thousand times and nothing's ever happened. And now some guy you don't even know spits, makes mud, puts it on your face and says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the double tree. There's no Uber. <laughs> this guy's not getting on one of those rickshaws and heading down to, that's a journey. You know, he's bumping into stuff. He probably doesn't have a stick. Bumping into people. He's got all his stuff all over his face. He's already been embarrassed and humiliated literally his whole life. And now you got him bumbling down the street trying to make his way downtown where the pool is. People are bumping into him. What are you doing? I don't know. What's all that mud on your face? I'm going to go jump in the pool. And my eyes, I'm going to see. He believes it. Because he's doing it. I mean, you would think that somewhere along the way he went, hey, listen, anybody got any water, man? He'll never know, man. I'm a, he'll, I'll just give me, I'll just stop halfway and get this stuff off my face. He doesn't do that. <clears throat> hey, let me get that mud off your face. No, 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 no. Some guy, I don't know who he is. Told me to do this. I'm doing it. Oh, that's crazy. I know it is. Well, you look like a fool. I, I know I look like a fool. I, I, I think sometimes you've got to be so desperate for God, so desperate for God to do a miracle that you're willing to do whatever. You're willing to do whatever. So this guy bumbles his way downtown, finally gets to the double tree. And because Jesus was God, you know what? He knew. Dude, that dude, that dude is doing it. That dude is making his way down to that pool. He's bumping it. People are mocking him. People are making fun of him. Jesus knows he's going to get reamed on the back end. I think that just brought joy to God's heart. Amen. I told you to do something. And you did it. Now obviously Jesus isn't here today, but he left us his word. And he said, hey, here, here's what my word is for you. Oh man, if I do that, I'll look like a fool. Probably will. Man, if I do that, man, you know, man, I'm not gonna be invited to the cool parties anymore. Probably won't be. If I do that, there are some places on the globe, if I do that, I'm gonna be thrown into prison. Probably will be. If I do that, I'm gonna lose my life. Yeah, probably will. You gonna do it? Whew. Man, here's this guy, mud all over his face. And he does it. I was just super impressed with this guy. 
This guy just blew me, just, just blew me away. Now I'm gonna end with this. Give you one little thought. When you're going through something crummy, when you're getting stepped on, you've been a lot of suffering in your life. Paul says this. He says, I consider that our present suffering, and in this case, he's talking about suffering that came from just being a follower of Christ. But I think the principle holds true whether it comes from whatever source. But in this case, he's talking about suffering for the Lord. I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's the perspective you have to have when you're suffering. In fact, I want you to look at that word right there. Uh, consider, you see that word consider? That, that's the key to the whole thing. The word consider in the Greek literally means to calculate. Paul says, I calculate, I consider, I, I analyze, I, I compare this suffering that I'm going through with the ultimate glory that someday I will enjoy forever. And that's what we have to do, believer, Amen. when we suffer, for whatever reason. It could just be in a general sense because of sin. It could be because some some dumb decision you make, or maybe it's a decision somebody else makes and you're suffering for it. It could be because of the devil and the demons. It could be because of your faith. It could be because God just wants to show off his glory through you. Here's the deal. I don't know why you're going to suffer, but I do know this. It's all here. You got to be thinking, considering, yeah, this stinks. This is horrible. I don't like it, but here's the deal. Compared to eternity, I'll calculate it out and oh, I know I'll be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. And this is just a, a short time deal. Okay, everybody stand up, everybody stand up. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time here tonight. Wow, I just enjoyed the baptisms and I'll look forward to the ones we baptize tomorrow. Thank you, God, for just the music and this was really great. Thank you that we had a chance to give and for your word, God, wow. It's just so rich, just beautiful. Thank you for this story. Somehow may the sermon matter in our lives this week. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, live for Christ, okay, everybody?